This is 2021. This is the Betfred Super League. Be ready. to a special Christmas edition of Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast, sponsored, as always, by our friends at Betfred. And as you could probably guess from that <coughs> spontaneous applause, we are recording our two 2021 Christmas special in front of a live audience here at Warrington Wolves' Halliwell Jones Stadium. And this is something we have always wanted to do since our boots and all days. We'll be taking questions from our audience during the course of the show. But first of all, Steve-O, we haven't been podcasting since the grand final. So how are you feeling, old boy? I feel great. And what a great audience we've got. Hey, I haven't worked with Eddie live for over five years. <laughs> and it's difficult. But thank you for that wonderful reception. We are going to now talk about the greatest game of all, Rugby League! Yeah, in the wonderful wide world of Rugby League, Steve-O, much has happened since uh, Old Trafford in early October. Let's look at some of the topics we've got for discussion now. First of all, uh, we should be reflecting on a wonderful World Cup, but sadly that wasn't to be. So instead, England took on France in Perpignan and they won easily with what was in all due respect to them, a second-strength side. What does this tell us about England's strength in depth, and what about France, where domestically it's been a fantastic year? Well, the first 40 minutes, it was one-way traffic, simple as that. And then the French side got themselves organised, which was good to see, because we do not want a situation whereby England are running up 60, 70 points against the French outfit. We need strong opposition because the Australians and the New Zealanders are very, very strong. And they'll be even stronger when it comes up next year when hopefully we'll have the World Cup final. Absolutely. And just on the subject of France and England, there has been a wheelchair rugby league test and the last leg star, uh, Adam Hills, on a podcast from Old Trafford, remember, we had him outside Old Trafford, he was with us. He says that the try scored by England is the best ever he's seen in wheelchair rugby league. Nathan Collins of Leeds, I've seen it, it's out there on social media, it is a fantastic effort, brilliant try, it would have graced the Halliwell Jones. I think you're right there, and I, I am so pleased that we are now introducing wheelchair rugby. It's been going for quite some time now, but it is so important. It's so important that every single facet of our game of rugby league is given to the females, it's given to the juniors, and we must continue 
doing that. Soon after the international in Perpignan, Featherstone Rovers announced that Brian McDermott would be their new coach. Brian's been on the sidelines since the Toronto debacle, but it's great to have him back. Yeah, he's a great coach. We know that. He did so much at Leeds. Did a fantastic job. A lot of people criticised him over certain things, but when you think about it, McDermott had a very, very good side. You know, that helps. And that's why we mentioned earlier today in regards to the fact that your new coach, Powell, will bring something new to this Warrington club. Well, Brian McDermott took a bit of flack, as you said, uh, following his little club's remark after Toronto won the million-pound game to get into Super League in 2019. Then the pandemic hit, and the rest, sadly, is history. Brian now believes that Featherstone Rovers have got the ambition to go all the way in 2022. Well, he's a new coach. I'd be surprised if he wanted to say something different. Look, he's always been reaching for the top. That's the one thing that you can say about McDermott. He's a very, very qualified coach. He has his moments. It's all about what you want in the future. And naturally, McDermott is going there to Featherstone. He's not going to say anything other than the fact we're on the way up. And we're on the cusp of a new season. Uh, two French teams now have joined the party. Uh, not every club is happy about that, of course, in Super League at the moment. Uh, they don't like the fact that Toulouse have joined the Catalan Dragons amongst the elite. And we have a question from Pete on table five uh, all about Toulouse. Where are you, Pete? Pete's over there. Come and join us and, and give us your question for the podcast today. I just wonder how the French side will... Uh square up against Catalans, you know, will they do well in the coming season? And against the, the Super League clubs as well, no doubt. What do you think, Steve-O? Can, can Toulouse hack it in the big time? It'll be difficult for them because they don't have the depth in regards to top quality players. It's always going to be difficult for any team that's coming from Division 1 and they make it from the Championship into Super League. We've seen it so many times. We knew that Lee was going to go down. Simple as that. Well, Toulouse are coming in, and some of the Super League clubs, well, they're not 100% happy because it means that two games will probably have very few away supporters in the stadiums. Do you think the Super League clubs, and we're here at one of the leading clubs who've got a, a pretty good uh, season ticket holder base, but do you think that uh, the, other season, uh, the other Super League clubs, the existing clubs, should they try and sell their own grounds out, not worry about the away support? The biggest problem we have is that if all the Super League clubs, all of a sudden, when it was on the cards that two French clubs were going to go up into Super League, they should have said, we don't want to spread the word. And a lot of clubs have been very, very selfish. Imagine the amount of people that will go to the local derby having two French clubs. That gives them an opportunity to not only spread the gospel, but also get good crowds. And the junior development in France, the south of France, is exquisite. They know which way they're going. And in fact, a few of the Super League clubs should take note because they now are looking towards the future. I know that Danny Bruff, uh, who retired on medical grounds at the start of November, uh, always a firm favourite of yours. You must, be, you must be sad to see him go. Yeah, he's been a great player. Um, I've 
thought that he should have played for England, Great Britain, for many, many times. He played once against the rest of the world, I think it was, for England. And they never selected him yet again. And Scotland came up. I don't know where his parents came from or whatever, but he played for Scotland. He played for Scotland in three World Cups. That gives you some indication of how good this player was. He's from my hometown, Dewsbury. And I wish him all the best in his retirement. We've got Jack on table four. Jack, you would like to ask a question. Uh, what's your opinion on how the uh, rugby league is currently being run? This should be good. The game of rugby league needs to be brought together. We have to start right from the bottom. And I know one of your hobby horses is the fact that Super League and the Rugby Football League have got to get together quickly. Ken Davy told us at Old Trafford, hopefully this will come around about the end of the year and the two governing bodies will get back together again. You still hopeful? Well, I've got fingers crossed, I've got toes crossed, I've got everything crossed because somewhere down the line, someone's got to just take a big deep breath and say, we were wrong. I don't care whether it be Super League or RFL. The most important factor is getting our game back on the track. <laughs> Look, I mentioned the fact that Danny Bruff has retired on medical grounds. Talking of, of medical grounds, what do you make of the 10 former players? Probably Bobby Goulding is arguably the most famous of them, planning to take out a test case against the RFL, who say the governing body were negligent in their failure to protect them from the risk of concussion during their careers. Now, sadly, three of those ten have been diagnosed with the early onset of dementia. It's a really hot potato, this. Something should be done, but who do you blame? Who do you blame? The governing body or the clubs and their staff? Because protocols in place now regarding head injuries Maybe they weren't there when those other guys were playing. So is this the RFL's or the club's fault? It's a difficult situation to be in. I can understand that some of the players who are now suffering from dementia, in the past, there were too many head-eye tackles. But to accuse, I suppose, in many ways, the Rugby Football League, it's very difficult. Because the Rugby Football League... Were they in control of the doctor at every single club? Did the captain or did the coach say to the doctor, how is he? And did the doctor say he should be taken from the field of play? Now, it's difficult to know whether the coach has said, well, I need him out there. So they push him out. Now, how on earth are we going to recognize who is at fault? it could open a can of worms. This could be very, very difficult for our game indeed. We have to do something about it. I mentioned earlier in regards that we, one of the best things we've done was getting the head-eye tackles under control. But difficult to try to find out and point the finger who's at fault. Yes, yeah, it's, a, it's a massive problem, but I think we all agree that, that something absolutely has to be done. Absolutely. And the, the protocols in place now, hopefully moving forward in years to come, will ensure that this sort of question and this sort of test case might not necessarily need to come to court again. Yeah, you're right. It's spot on in that indication. And I, I do hope that, and I'm sure that the Rugby Football League and Super League will take it on board to ensure the safety 
of our players. Okay, let's uh, talk now to two members of table six here at the Halliwell Jones Stadium. Glenn, Glenn Wally, first of all. Glenn, would you like to ask your question? And then we'll hand the microphone over uh, to Mike. Mike Malloy, I think, who's also on table, uh, on table six. Glenn, first of all. Why does such a great game as Rugby League receive so little support on TV? And this is a similar question from Mike. Uh, basically, how can Rugby League compete with Rugby Union in certain parts of the country, such as South Wales, uh, 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 the South West, uh, London, uh, in terms of attractive sponsors and cash and, and, and just promoting yourself better in that part of the world? There you go. Two big questions for you, Steve-O. Why do we get so much little recognition in the press? And also, how can the sport promote itself better in the Rugby Union heartland? Well, there are two things. The first one, of course, is that we've always been classified as a northern game. And when you look at it, we have to admit it is a northern game. There's not many teams outside of the M62. The other situation is that I go back to Maurice Lindsay, who at that particular time was in negotiations with uh, the company which looked after Sky TV. And he changed from winter to summer. We were flying. It was the biggest boost that we could ever wish for. Murdoch pumped in 55 million pounds into our game. We should have utilized that. I have a copy of the scenario, what they wanted. And on that particular paper, or several pieces of paper, stated 15% must go to accommodate the fans, to lift the grounds, make them better for the fans, give them opportunity. Certain percent must go to development of juniors, and so on. Certain percent of all that money should go for upgrading the grounds. They have done a lot. There are certain clubs who have not moved, not moved on. We all know that. But grounds have generally been upgraded. In certain areas, development of junior football, perhaps, maybe, not enough money has been pushed into it. Maybe you get a new stand. But does that mean that you've forgiven all the others, put it to one side? Well, to build it, that's one thing. That gives the fans something extra. But what about the development? Do you know there was one club where one person, and part of the contract said you had to have this person for marketing, this person for a CEO, exactly. In other words, there were eight positions that the Murdoch company said that you must have. One club had one man doing all eight so that they could save the money and pay for the players. Now, if that's not shooting ourselves in the foot, I don't know what is. We're talking about the promotion of the game 
we all know that the grand final tickets for 2022 and the Challenge Cup final tickets for 22 are now on sale. I saw on social media yesterday that if you wanted to buy any tickets for the Challenge Cup final before Christmas, you would be receiving in the post a free pair of Santa Claus socks. Is that the way? Seriously, is that the way to promote our game? Rubbish. <laughs> I can not believe it. It's a, it's a well, gimmick. I can, but, well, I it's can a gimmick. believe it. It's a gimmick. What, Santa's socks? A free gift. Well, I'll tell you what. It's as bad as when Super League announced, we've got new sponsors. Papa John. <laughs> was it Papa Pizza or Papa Pizza? <laughs> it obviously worked. Anyway, it was, it, it was a pizza joint. Oh, and how much money are they paying? Oh, oh, oh they're not paying any money. But the players are going to get free pizzas after they've played. Whoopee! Did you what get on, any? What on earth are we talking about Did you here? get any pizzas? No? You didn't get a pizza? Santa's socks. Have you got any Santa's socks? No. I okay. Don't want, no, I don't want it. But, but <laughs> listen, let's get, let's get a little bit fair about this. I mentioned probably about eight or nine weeks ago on one of our podcasts, I said this is the opportunity now to sell the tickets and say, if you buy them before Christmas, as a Christmas present for all the family, that you get 50% off. It's better to fill the stadium at 50% than not having it full at 100%. And you want to take your kids. Everybody, when I was a kid, I wanted to go to Wembley. And kids want to go to the, the grand final. Of course they do. What's up with these people? These people are being paid. They're supposed to be marketing. And, and, and Eddie had just told me a pair of Santa's socks. <laughs> Look, the coaching and playing merry-go-round is well and truly underway. Richard Marshall replaced at Salford by Paul Rowley. Mark Sneed has joined Rowley at Salford. Luke Gale has gone to Hull to replace uh, Mark Sneed. Uh, Daryl Powell, of course, has come here to Warrington and has started work. Now, I met up with uh, Lee Breers and Benny Westwood in Spain for the Steve Prescott Foundation for a great golf weekend. You met up with them in Spain? I did, I did, in the sunshine. It was fantastic. It really was. It, it was brilliant to see them. Great company. It's throwing it down here in Warrington. Well, tough luck. <laughs> you should pick up a golf cl a club and you, you might get an invitation next year. How, how much will, will Warrington, despite the arrival of Daryl Powell, how much will Warrington miss Lee Breers? Will um, Sneed do a good job for Salford and Luke Gale at Hull? How do you think he's going to go? Well, I think they've been very smart. Um, Sneed, great goal kicker, poor defender. Simple as that. He's at his day. So as all players, if they can, get the opportunity to go somewhere else with a contract. You can't blame them. Simple as that. A new coach, as you say, at Salford. It was always on the cards. It's, it's a matter of making sure that the new coach is going to build what they want to do. And I felt very sorry for, for Marshall. I thought he did a damn fine job because he didn't have great players. He didn't have a lot of them. And I don't think that he was a bad coach. But like we've done in the past on many clubs, the committee, they panic and let's go buy someone. Let's do this. Let's do that. How many times have we seen that over the years? The end product, failure. Uh, what about... Um 
Luke Gale. Blake Austin from Warrington and Aidan Caesar of Huddersfield, two leads. Nowhere really for Luke Gale to go, was there, other than out of the, out of the door, out of the exit door. He had to go. Well, there are rumours that he didn't get on with the coach. And over the past, he said a few things, shall we say, out of turn. And the one thing that a player must not do is irritate the coach. Because he's the boss man. And he'll get rid of you one way or the other. And that brings me back to Warrington. You beat all the top clubs last year and you just fell apart. There's got to be a reason for that. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens in, in 2022. When we did this podcast earlier on this year, you suggested to me very early on in the piece that Steve Price was on his way out of Warrington. Now, I was in my front room at home, and I know you were down in London, and I jokingly said that a car had just pulled up the path and Steve Price had got out of it, and he was looking for you because you suggested he was on his way. All of a sudden, Steve Price is on his way, and he's going back to Australia. You always come up with a little bit of gossip. You always come up with a little bit of a nugget or two. What have you got? What have you got for us on the Christmas special? He knows how to put you on the spot, doesn't he? <laughs> hey? What are you going to be doing at Christmas? You're here in this country. We know that you live usually in Australia. You came back for the World Cup, which hasn't happened. Are you going home to Australia for Christmas? No. For the first time in 28 years... I will be staying with my family. I have a family in this country. I have two beautiful children and I have three grandchildren that live in, in England. And I'm going to enjoy it with all that family. It's going to cost me a fortune, but it'll be <laughs> worth it. Great stuff. And make sure you wear those Christmas socks when you've picked up your Challenge Cup final tickets. Well, who knows? They might give you a beanie hat as a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> from Scrooge of 2021 and from me, everybody have a fantastic Christmas. Have a wonderful 2022. And the podcast will be back at the start of the new season. Thanks to all the people in Warrington Yay! for being with us. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride with a pizza on your tray. Oh. <laughs> all the best, Steve. Have a great Christmas. And Anna. the same to you. Absolutely wonderful tonight. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs>